Exodus chapter 4, I'm going to preach a message today called, It's in Your Hand. It's in your hand. It's a very simple message, but when you get it, and I don't mean, you know, kind of get it. I mean when you really get it. When you really get it, it changes the way you think. It changes how you believe. It changes how you behave. It changes how you pray when you fully understand this teaching this morning. So we're going to start in the book of Exodus chapter 4. This is the conversation between Moses and God. Moses was just a shepherd. He was kind of running from God, and God called him through the burning bush experience. Here's their conversation. And so they're having this conversation. God says to Moses, Moses, you need to go. You need to tell Pharaoh to let my children go. So Moses talks back to God. Here's what he says to back to God. In chapter 4, verse number 1 says, As Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you listen to what God said so the Lord said to him what is that in your hand what is that in your hand what is that in your hand and he said Moses said back a rod and God said cast it on the ground so he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it then the Lord said to Moses reach out your hand and take it by the tail how many of you know you need to hear God Right, you need to hear God in that particular instance right there. And he reached out his hand and caught it and became a rod in his hand, said that they might believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. So this is what God does. God said, hey, I understand that you, you got some fears and you, you, you're struggling with this. You know, it's a, great, it's a great calling that I'm calling you to do. And and, and, but I want you to know that everything that you need, you have. It, it's already there. It's in your hand. In fact, he said this, the, that the miracle is actually in your hand. It's, it's that rod that you're holding. He said, cast it on the ground, and that's when the miracle began to take place. The interesting thing about this particular story is that from here on out, it was never called just the rod again. It was never called Moses' rod. From here on out, it was actually called the rod of God. And so the miracle took place. It was already in Moses' hand. Moses, I believe this, one of the great truths, listen to this, one of the great truths that we could have, and it really is transformational, understanding th this, this thought process that we have, it is, it is cataclysmic in, 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 its, in its importance, it, it is a paradigm shift, it is one of the great truths that we could ever uh, come across, we can understand that, that we can get to a place where we not only believe what God can do, right? Not what God can do. We have a great understanding of what he, watch this, has already done. What he has already done. What God has already done for us. What he has already accomplished for us. If you look at the New Testament, look at much of the writings. You look at the writings of Paul and you look at the writings of Peter. You go into Hebrews. You look at all of the books that were written post-Acts, and you, you see in Romans and 1 Corinthians, all these things, you see that much of the New Testament is written in the past tense. Past tense. How many of you grew up like me, uh, Sunday school kid, church all my life? How many grew up with King James Bible? Anybody? 
got the King James Bible. That's what I grew up in. I memorized almost all my scriptures through the King James Bible. There's a word in the King James that, that we don't use in our English, and, and you don't see it in different translations, but it's called hath. Hath. And you've seen it a lot. God hath. And what it literally means is God has already. It's in the past tense. It's what he has already done. It is an incredible truth because when we begin to think about the breakthroughs that we need in our life, we often think about what is just around the corner, what is a week away, what is a month away, what is a year away. If I could only just make this adjustment in my life, if I could only have this happen, if I could only get into this kind of job, if I could only get into this kind of relationship, if I could only find somebody, if I could only sever this, if I could only do this, and it's always if I can only, when we understand the truth of the gospel and how it's written in the past tense, much of it, we understand, well, it's really not about if only I can, it's about me believing what God has already done, amen? It's not that the breakthrough is around the corner or a week away or a relationship away or, or a financial blessing away, it's that the breakthrough is already here, hallelujah, we've already got it. We're not trying to get it. I said we've already got it. Three breakthroughs I want to talk to you about, and the first one is a spiritual breakthrough. Your spiritual breakthrough is in your hand. Your spiritual breakthrough is in your hand. It's already there. Listen to what First Peter wrote. Let me, just, let me just read First Peter to you. Here's what First Peter wrote. It says this, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us. Watch these words that are in the past tense. Given to us, called us by his glory and virtue by which have been given, again in the past tense, given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, he's, here's what he wrote, now we have what? Received. We have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely what? given to us, given to us. We might know the things that have been given to us. Listen, these are the things that have already happened, the promises that have already been given to us. Listen, has anybody in here ever been to a, a wilderness experience, a dry place where you come into church or, or, or you just go through life and you're just like, man, I really need a breakthrough, man. I just, I need God to speak to me. I, I need to hear his voice. And, and you're just like, and you're waiting for some event. You're waiting for something to happen. You're waiting for, for the, the miracle, however small or however large, you're waiting for it to show up. I'm here to tell you today that your spiritual breakthrough is already there. It is in your hand. Listen, when I need a breakthrough in my life, here's what I do. I grab my Bible. I go onto the back porch. I put on some worship music. I open the book, and I begin to read these pages. I go into Psalms, and I go into Proverbs, and I go into Ephesians and Colossians, and I begin to get a word from God, and I begin to say, here's how I get my breakthrough. I diligently apply myself to seeking out God and I find that I already have my breakthrough. Hallelujah. It just happens that way. 
because God has already provided it for us. He's already provided it for us. I was talking this week, actually texting with Pastor Tony Foster, and Pastor Tony Foster's been here on several occasions, and he's used in the prophetic, and I was texting him, and I said to him, I said, hey, my friend, there is, there's a, a prophecy that you spoke over somebody's life, and it came true this week. It came absolutely true, exactly how you prophesied over the life, their life. It came true this week. And then we began to talk about him coming back, and he's planning on coming back in January for our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So he's going to be here with us for then. And listen, and I know how it works when somebody who moves in prophecy shows up. I know how it works because I, I do it myself. Man, you sit up a little higher. Come on now. You're just a little taller because, you know, we want to hear from God. Now, some of you are like, no, Pastor, I actually duck down a little, a little more <laughs> or don't show up at all because I'm a little nervous. But no, 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 I, I used to know when I would go to Trinity and grew up at Trinity and a prophet would come, I knew that if I sat on the third row right on the end, I would get that prophetic word, man. I just, I sat up a little taller because, because I needed to hear something. But the truth is, is guess what? There's 66 books full of words right here. Here's your breakthrough. It has already been provided for you. You can pray and believe and declare, I have a spiritual breakthrough in my life. Amen? One of the great stories I've heard was by an evangelist named R.W. Shambach. And R.W. Shambach came to our church when I was young, and, and he was preaching, and he's gone on to be with the Lord. But he told a fascinating story how he was in a service one day, and, and there was an altar bench, and this woman was just kind of leaned over the altar bench. She was on her knees praying and crying out, but she only said two words. And here's how she said them. She said, please, Jesus. He said, she said it just like that shaky voice, accented not just every syllable, every letter of every word. Please, Jesus. And here he is. He's trying to lay hands on people and moving down the line, and all he can hear is this woman. She's got her voice just lifted up. All he can hear is her just going, please, Jesus, please, Jesus. And he said he just couldn't take it anymore. He was so annoyed by her voice, he went over to her, and while she was there on her knees, he leaned over to her and he said, Sister, change one word. Stop saying please and start saying thank you. And he got about five steps away and he heard, Thank you, Jesus. He said, Man, I quit. I quit. I just, I can't get it. He said, But all of a sudden, she started to say, Thank you, Ooh, thank you, thank you, woo, thank you, all of a sudden she started to scream, woo, thank you, Jesus, woo, she just lifted up her hands, stood up to her feet, said, thank you, Jesus, and went right back to her seat, hallelujah, she got her breakthrough just that way, listen, she changed one word, instead of begging and pleading and asking God, she thanked God for the breakthrough that he already provided, somebody say Amen. Listen, we have to understand it's in our hand. Spiritual breakthrough. The second thing is this, your financial breakthrough is in your hand. Your financial breakthrough is in your hand. In 2 Kings chapter 4, there's a prophet by the name of Elisha, and a widow comes up to him and says to him, my servant, or I should say your servant, my husband, has died. 
and there is nobody left except my two sons. We're in debt, and the creditors are coming to take my sons away. Now, a widow in these days, her only source of income was her children. That was it. There was no other source of income. It was only her children. And especially these two sons. This was her sole income. Sole income. And so Elisha said this. Well, what do you want me to do? What can I do for you? Watch this. He said, what can I do for you? And then he said this. What is in your house? What is in your house? And she says back to him, nothing but... Oh, I like that part. Nothing, I got nothing. I got nothing, oh, but, but I got one jar of oil. And Elisha said, that's enough. That's all you need. That's all you need. He said, here's what you do. You go, you, you go get every empty vessel, then you go back into your house, you close the doors of your house, and you just start to pour And watch what she did. She got all these vessels. Her son went and borrowed vessels. Every vessel they could find went into the house. There is pots all over the floor. She just began to pour the oil. And it just kept going. And it kept going. And it kept going. And then Elisha said to her, Now go, sell your oil, pay off the debt, and you live on the rest. Hallelujah. She became the first oil tycoon in the world. That's a true story. True story. A woman, a woman became the first oil tycoon in the world. Listen, the breakthrough that she needed, the financial breakthrough, wasn't out there somewhere. It wasn't out of the house. It wasn't some, some wealth scheme. It was already in her house. It was in her hand. John Amanzini, who's a, uh, a pastor that, that traveled and, and spoke on finances a lot, he he said that he was in Mexico in a little church, a little dirt floor church with little straw walls, just a handful of people there, and they were worshiping, and him and his wife were there. And he looked at his wife. He said, you know what? We need son-in-laws. They had two daughters that were having difficulties and said, I need a son-in-law. I, I, I need two son-in-laws to marry my two daughters. And so he looks at his wife, and he says to his wife, how much you got? Give me all your money. So they took every dime that they had on them. A couple hundred dollars. Said that church thought it was the, the, the they got an inheritance somehow. I mean, it's like, it's like financial breakthrough. Hundreds of dollars. They got a couple hundred dollars. They put it all in the offering, believing God for son-in-laws. Hallelujah. And you know, within two years, both those ladies married godly men who provided for them, who were loving and kind and caring. Why? Because the financial miracle was, was some off in the distance somehow or, or it was some, some way that they, they couldn't comprehend. No, it was so simple. They just had to give what was in their hand to give. Just in their hand to give. Genesis chapter 1. Let me read to you what God says to, to Adam. Genesis chapter 1. God says to Adam... He's talking to him, and this is, of course, at the very beginning of creation. And God says to him, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. So to to you it shall be for food. Watch this. God says to Adam, Every herb, 
everything that's on this earth, I'm giving it to you for food. Now watch this. God never created food again. In the history of the world, in the billions of people that have lived, God has never created food since. God has not needed to create any more food. I think the only exception would be the, the miracle of the five loaves and the two fish. Outside of that, God has never created food again. He created it once. He created it once. And he said to Adam, I've already provided for what you need. Now listen, what came first? Hunger or food? Food came first. God created food before he created man to eat the food. Aren't you glad that God did it that way? That God didn't create man first and then, dear Lord, he's hungry. I got to get him something. Huh? God didn't create man and then create land and then create trees. God didn't plop him in a body of water and said, you just tread water there and I'll be with you in just a little while. No, God created all of that first and then he created man. So before man ever got hungry, God provided the need for the hunger that he was experiencing. Listen, before you ever had a bill, before there was ever a, a need in your life, before you ever got anything in the mail that says you owe, God has already provided for that need to be met. The financial breakthrough, the financial provision in your life is already there. It's already there. God's already provided. God's not up in heaven going, dear Lord, look how much they need now. What am I gonna do? God's already provided for you. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility to do something. God sets the table, right? But we're responsible to take out the fork or the spoon and, and to actually put it onto our plate and then get it from our plate into our body. So there is a responsibility. We're required to give. The lady in, in 2 Kings chapter 4, she had to, to go through the act of obedience to, to get the vessels together, to, to actually shut the door. She had to be obedient to the word of the Lord. So we still have to give. But you have to understand, if you're waiting for financial provision, if you're waiting for your your ship to come in, if you're, if you're waiting for some kind of breakthrough, if you're waiting for, for the government to, to change its ways, for the new tax plan, I got news for you. Wait all you want. I'm going to believe God that God's already provided for my need, and I'm going to move on and thank God for his supernatural provision. Somebody say amen. Amen. Your financial breakthrough. Your financial breakthrough has already been provided. I believe that. And then the third one is this. Your physical breakthrough is in your hand. Your physical breakthrough is in your hand. One of the favorite scriptures that I quote constantly, constantly, over and over, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, and by whose stripes you were healed. He's quoting Isaiah. What does Isaiah say? By his stripes, you are healed. And between Isaiah and Peter, there was the cross, and Jesus took stripes upon his back. And so Peter says, hey, it's been done. It's been done. You are and you were healed. You're healed today. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul wrote, and he said this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. How many of you believe 
that healing is a spiritual blessing? Come on now. If you believe healing is a spiritual blessing, then the Bible says we already have it. We already have it. We already have it. My wife and I were at a um, volleyball game. Our daughter was playing volleyball. We were at another school, and they were having a special event that night for one of the teachers who was diagnosed with a brain tumor that was cancerous, and, and so young teacher. And so that night was all about that guy. They were going to take up an offering, and, and so they, they asked everyone to stand and to pray for him, and they brought him to the middle of the gym, and the MC. Uh, just begin to pray. And so my wife and I, of course, we're standing at the top and we join hands and, and we're starting to agree and pray. And then the guy started off the prayer great, you know. God, I pray that you'd heal him. But Lord, and this is where he took a turn, man. Lord, whatever your will be in this man's life. Huh? And he began to talk about, because either we're healed here or we're healed in heaven. And for the next two minutes, in what seemed like the longest prayer I've ever heard in my life, he talked all about heaven, how great heaven is. and great. I thought, man, he's praying this guy right into heaven. And I'm standing there with my wife, and I'm shaking because I'm getting so angry. And I'm saying to Cynthia, do you hear this prayer? And we're like, somebody cut the mic, get the hook, get this guy off of the stage. I mean, get rid of him. Because all he did was talk about how, well, if it be thy will, and, and, and you know, you never know the mysteries of God, and, and I thought, my goodness. And Cynthia's standing there, and she's like, that's it. I, I, I got to write him. Uh, can I send him an email? I said, absolutely. So Cynthia sent him an email, and when I say email, it's like 12 pages. I said, honey, that's not an email. That's like a book. You sent him a, a booklet, you know? But all it was was scriptures. It was just scriptures, you know, a few words and and scriptures and more scriptures on how God has already provided for our healing. It's already been provided for. Amen? We're not trying to get it. Come on, somebody. We've already got it. You have to believe that. You have to believe it. Cynthia was telling me that she was at a conference several weeks ago in Colorado Springs and and there was a man there who was telling this story while he was preaching about his friend who had gotten terminal. He was diagnosed with an illness and was beginning to fade and beginning to fade rapidly. And this man was telling the story and he said every day he would go into the hospital room and the guy just looked defeated and deflated and, and he was just down and he was just, you know, all defeated and and getting worse, and and he would then open up the Bible. This friend would open up the Bible and read to him all the healing scriptures in the Bible to build his faith back up again. He said he'd get there the next day, and the guy just kind of slumped over, you know, and then he'd pray, pray and and he'd read the scriptures to him, and and then the guy would kind of get back up again and all of a sudden he began to believe and, and yes I believe I'm going to be healed I believe and then the next day and, and Cynthia said that man said that he did that every day day after day after day after day because it's a fight unbelief comes to all of us right doesn't matter where you're at, how much you've prayed, how long you've been saved, how many church services you've attended. When you hear certain words, unbelief just attacks our life, and we have to fight back. 
We have to believe, hey, no, this is not God's will. This isn't God's plan. No, I'm going to to fight the good fight of faith and I'm going to believe what God's word says about my life. And every day that man went to the hospital until one day that man was completely, totally free from sickness, disease. That man is alive today. He is completely whole. He is completely healed because somebody stood with him and fought the good fight of faith with him. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 9. Let me end with this. Mark chapter 9. There's a father who brings his son to Jesus who's demon-possessed. And Jesus says back to the father, say, hey, how long has he been like this? And the man says, since he was a child, he's been like that from his childhood. Sometimes the, the demon throws him into the fire. Sometimes it throws him into the water. He has these things he can't control. And the father says to Jesus, if you can do anything, if you can, if you can, if you can do anything, if you can, have compassion on me. Have compassion on me. And I, I, wanna, I almost like wanted to have been there. I wanted to have been there when Jesus was looking at this man. Because I imagine when Jesus heard that phrase, something set him off. And it's like I can just picture Jesus looking right at this man. Just like it was only him and, and, and that man, the only two people on earth. And Jesus just with tunnel vision looking right at this man and saying back to the man, No, 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 listen. If you believe, If you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. See, it's easy for us to say, well, God, if you want me to have the spiritual breakthrough, you'll cause the emotions to come. God, if you want me to have the financial breakthrough, then somehow you're going to get money to come to me some strange way, some weird way. Uh, It's just going to happen. I'm just going to somehow stumble across it, upon it. Lord, if if you want me to be healed, if, if you want it to happen, then God, I guess it will happen. And we put all of it on God, and we release ourselves from any responsibility to pray, to believe, to declare, to stand on the promises of God. But the truth is, is no, no, no. God's up in heaven saying, hey, I've already provided for your spiritual breakthrough. I've already provided for your financial breakthrough. I've already provided for your physical breakthrough. Listen, you just have to stand and fight for it and believe that the breakthrough is already in your hand. Hallelujah. You have to believe it. You have to declare. 